and welcome to a I don't know. I forgot to come up with a, a fun little opening for this one. If I'm completely uh, the, honest. the worst so, trilogy in the history of this program. Yeah. Wrap um, up. So full full disclosure to the audience here. When we created the introduction to sci-fi trilogy, a very poorly named. We take full responsibility for that because it was supposed to be introducing the sci-fi theme to chop shops as an opportunity to turn movies into sci-fi movies. It looks, though, that we're saying that the three movies we chose were great movies into the sci-fi genre of cinema, which could not be further from the actual case. Uh, Brazil might be... I know that it gets a lot of credit. I still don't think it would deserve to be anywhere near the the, the title of Introduction to Sci-Fi. Um, we've done other movies that we've reviewed for other trilogies that would have been far better picks for this. Eternal Sunshine. Uh, I was even... Eternal Sunshine, Jurassic Park would have been a fantastic sci-fi movie to have picked for this, especially one that isn't, you know, in space or the distant future, something like that. Like, there were so many movies we could have picked if we were doing an actual introduction to sci-fi trilogy. Instead, we picked, for me, one okay movie and two dog shit movies. For Travis, I believe, three dog shit movies. So we went from what was probably one of our fondest trilogies with the engine power trilogy to maybe one of, if not the worst trilogy we've assembled with the introduction to sci-fi trilogy. Yeah. And I will take the majority of the blame because I feel like, uh, just a little behind the scenes on the podcast. I, I try to go against the grain, much probably to the detriment of this podcast. That's how things like Young Guns <laughs> ends up getting reviewed before a number of classic Westerns that we can do. The Godfather or... Yeah. Well, yeah, just in the genre. And again, we've literally done better sci-fi movies that weren't, quote unquote, the introduction to sci-fi. Uh, again, see Eternal Sunshine as well. I'm curious if we had had, going way back, to our early reviews, if we had had reminiscence in this trilogy, or if we made it uh, a quadrilogy and introduced a fourth movie, it it might break the top two, which is terrible to say because that movie was awful, and that's just how awful this trilogy was. So, uh, yeah, I I apologize. The next time we do sci-fi, we will do better. <laughs> I promise you. Uh, so I think we have. You know, uh, hinted at, obviously, if you're able to read between lines, our, our initial thoughts of the trilogy. So I don't think we need to get into the details with that. So I don't know if we want to talk about any of the specific movies or possibly any fan interactions we possibly heard. Um, I, I do want to have I have a fun list. I have talked to multiple people about the movie Equilibrium after we reviewed it. Um None of which had gotten a chance to listen to our review yet. They were all very excited, like, oh, I love that movie. I'm like, when did you watch that movie? Oh, I was in high school. I'm like, don't go back and watch it then, because it's going to, like, as an adult, there's no way you'll enjoy it. Like, it is it is a blatant Matrix ripoff, and it's also just, frankly, terrible. This almost, had we switched out Brazil, we could have made this the introduction to sci-fi ripoff trilogy with life and <laughs> equilibrium. We were only one off of just doing that. Um but yeah, what's odd is there's still a lot of kind of like Venn diagram like overlap because 
Life and Equilibrium are, are clearly kind of ripoffs of other movies. Equilibrium being Matrix, Life being Alien. Brazil and Equilibrium are both about dystopian futures, very kind of, uh, you know, Fahrenheit uh, 451, you know, type stuff. Big 1984 and all that. So both of those wound up having some similarities between them. Uh, but all of them had, had fantastic acting talent that might have been misused. I mean, like it's, it's just very interesting how, again, randomly we, we picked this. They, they did have overlap. That's still not great. Still was, was, I mean, it peaked for me at the beginning and then just went downhill quick. Yeah. I won't tip my hand on this subjective, objective rankings, which is a traditional part of our wrap up. But it's interesting that all these movies to me suffered from, very different problems like equilibrium was a waste of talent because you have christian bale you have sean bean uh you have tay diggs uh angus mcfadden the the cinematographer the cinematographer the the oscar winning (laughs) cinematographer a lot of wasted talent because that equilibrium just seemed like a student film as far as the level of quality in any of the visuals then you have something like life which visually i thought was beautiful and it's stacked full of talent with just the worst script imaginable with paper thin <laughs> characters. And then Brazil objectively, which maybe this will segue into objective subjective. Objectively, there's a lot to like about Brazil. It's just for my specific tastes, British humor, specifically Monty Python <laughs> humor. To say it was wasted on me would be an understatement. So yeah, the, the movies all kind of suck in their own way, but they're their own distinctive ways. <laughs> yeah. Look at them finding a way to be unique. <laughs> uh so as you said, I mean if we can go ahead and get into subjective objective, um so subjectively, Travis, what would you say? So for anybody who's listening to the rap for the first time, we always like to do the subjective and objective rankings of the trilogy simply because there's a lot of times where you'll watch a movie out of the three. It is your favorite, but you know, like it's, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, it is not the best movie. It's just the one you enjoyed the most or the one you'd go back and watch. Like there's, there's plenty of, you know, cult classics that are kind of garbage and stuff like that. So I, Calling back to an earlier episode, I own Torque, the movie Torque on Blu-ray. So I can fully appreciate <laughs> while a movie is shitty, I might still enjoy some some element of it. Mm-hmm. So we like to do a subjective and objective rankings just to, to kind of create that divide. What we know is what we feel is the better of the movies and then what one we would actually go back and like the order in which we would go back and watch these. So I think it'd be fun to start with subjective Uh what is what is your subjective ranking of 1985's Brazil, 2017's Life, and 2002's Equilibrium? So this is where we're going to dramatically differ, Brett. It is, without question, number one with a <laughs> bullet. Subjectively, the best movie in this trilogy, it's Life. Bar none. Like the gap between one and two is the Mariana Trench. That that's how wide this this divide <laughs> is. It's how deep it goes. Um, 
Because life to me, if you remove, and I know this is asking a lot. The script? Yes. That's, if you take away the script. If you take away the script, Brett. It's a beautifully shot movie. It's got a terrifying villain. And I think one of the things that it, it relies on, as, and it's especially true of sci-fi, even if the script is not compelling at all, even if the characters are ankle deep as far as depth, you can't help but kind of put yourself in the scenario. I'm one of the four people in charge of making sure that life on Earth continues. What would I do? So that opens up the subjective part of this, which is, again, great villain, great visuals. It's fun to pick it apart. It's fun to try to say, you know what, I would do a much better job than these trained astronauts of saving the world. So that's why it's number one for me. Number two, as much as I motherfucking hated Brazil, it's still it's still way better than Equilibrium. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate anything that Brazil does, but I, I can acknowledge that it does a lot of it well. If you're a fan mm -hmm. of the Monty Python stuff, if you're a fan of British humor, if you would like to take a lighter touch on the terrible dystopian future that we are currently living in, Brazil's your movie. It, it's it's going to check those boxes. So, again, that's why this is the subjective ranking. That brings up Equilibrium. Christian Bale, one of my favorite actors. I love Sean Bean and everything that I've seen him in. They can't do a thing to save that movie. <laughs> because again, <laughs> it feels like some C-plus graded college movie uh, where they had just got done seeing The Matrix and they were like, how can we switch this up and make our own version of The Matrix? So that's my subjective rankings. All right. I... Uh... I might be a little surprised that you put Brazil above Equilibrium just because I remember how much you hate it. And even then, just the behind-the-scenes turmoil that we went through to get that episode recorded. Like, it just... Everything that went wrong, just about everything, aside from your audio messing up that could have gone wrong, did go wrong with that that recording. So, uh, But I'm glad to see that you can appreciate Brazil because my subjective would be putting brazil first i uh, i do enjoy absurdist comedies i am i do enjoy monty python i think one of the biggest i wish i knew less about that movie and I, I touched on this in the review of it i think a lot of the screenshots that i've seen for that movie don't quite do it justice i think it makes it look even more kind of out there and bizarre than what it actually is not to say that it's not weird and there isn't some weird stuff happening in it i think it just they they push it to another level by just sharing those certain screenshots. So Brazil is subjectively mine. I I can't I don't know if I would really go back and watch it, especially not anytime soon. Um, but I also wouldn't be against watching it. So my next and subjective, as much as it pains me, it pains me to say this. It would have to be 2017's life. Yes. I uh, yes. As much as I hated that movie, I will admit I talked about it. I thought the the opening shot was beautiful. Um, the more I thought about it afterward, I'm like I'm surprised it wasn't darker. I I don't think that they played into the darkness as much as they could have with the with uh what was the name Calvin. 
I think I just think that if he had been creeping through the shadows, it would have been a little bit more terrifying. I don't think they used lighting as much as they could. Like the original Aliens uses, I mean, it is like a dark movie, and I think that's the one thing that they tried to change. Was it? The space station is fairly bright. Like, it's muted, but it's it's fairly bright. Like, you never find Calvin hiding in the shadows or kind of, like, creeping out of the darkness. Now... If I don't... Wh- and and you, you think that's a bad choice? I just think it's interesting with horror, just in general, because that usually that's kind of how you create that suspense is what's, in, what's hiding in the darkness, you know? And I don't think they use that very much. And I don't know if that was by design or just because of how they built the sets and the CGI and all that... I just I am surprised that they did not use lighting more to create more suspense in that movie because I you said you were you know stunned by but like I didn't find a lot of suspense in that movie and maybe it's because I just thought how stupid all the astronauts were and that's all I could focus on I just there wasn't with the exception of Ryan Reynolds swallowing or basically it, it crawling down his throat that was the most uncomfortable I felt in that movie. After that, I was like, okay, the, it's kind of the rest of this is going to be kind of ridiculous and silly. Well, let me just say I'm not comparing the two movies in terms of quality, but a movie that we reviewed in the horror genre, The Shining, mm-hmm. sh- shout out Banana Hammock 85, um, it was extremely well lit the entire movie. Um, mm hmm. So it, it can be done. You can still have unsettling imagery and a disturbing movie in well-lit sets. But, you know, Stanley Kubrick I, did I not. I agree. But yeah, he did not direct life, clearly. I agree, but I put life in the same genre as like it's a monster movie in space. And typically like with a monster movie, I just like I said, even even then, I just thought it was interesting that with it being in space, you know, you know, the dark void of space that they did not play with darkness more than what they did. Um, With that said, though, as much as I hated it and would screamed at it and just despised it by the time we got to the end, I still feel I would enjoy watching that movie over equilibrium because we have talked about it on the podcast before i would rather hate a movie and be enraged by it than to feel nothing at all and to me that's a lot of what equilibrium did like as much as we ripped it apart and had fun kind of and joking about it while watching the movie i got almost nothing out of it like it has a very muted palette i know that was intentional but i never feel like they use it to its greatest advantage like when suddenly he starts having sensations i felt we should have started seeing more bright colors and stuff like that with the exception of him pulling the plastic film off of his windows for a sunrise like there's there's not a whole lot of injection of color and just it's a it's a half-baked idea um iterative of something else and as we talked about it just felt like the entire movie was based around the theme of gun kata and they couldn't even build a cool movie around that you know it's the yeah i just i i equilibrium was just such a disappointment to me and that's a disappointment knowing full well that we had seen the movie 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and didn't necessarily like it back then so we kind of knew what we were in store for, but at the same time, I still underestimated how bad it actually was because you're building a sci-fi movie and the premise of the world, which is they take a drug to feel no emotions, stupid premise. We talked about why that was a stupid premise on the episode. And then the second, you know, elevator pitch element is, hey, 
you know, Matrix had bullet time. We're going to do Gunkata. Gunkata is the next big thing. No, it's not. It looks stupid on screen. It's a stupid idea. You can't explain it in a way that's not stupid. So in a sci-fi movie, the world building is shit. The the big kind of this is our special thing is shit. It's hard to recover from that. And nothing else about the movie does anything to combat the shittiness Mm -hmm. that starts the movie. Yeah, it immediately breaks its logic, its own logic, because characters immediately start looking like they like they don't understand what emotion and feeling is, and people aren't supposed to be emotional or feeling anything. Like it's just it makes no sense. It also like <laughs> not to get too much into eagle. I'm like he's the world's best. He can feel when people are feeling. Well, well, he can't feel when people are feeling because that would be a feeling. But he knows when people are feeling. Unless it's his, his kids or his, his partner or those people closest to him, which which one they're too close for him to know that they're feeling. It's like, what in the hell is going on in this movie? This movie doesn't make any sense. This movie makes no sense. Gunkata. Yeah. And as we mentioned on the review of Equilibrium, I, I had not kept up with the director's work. Before watching the movie, I wondered, hey, had he graduated on to do anything better? No, he's he seems to be constantly a part of shitty projects. And at a certain point, that's, that's what equilibrium is. Yep. So I don't know if there's going to be much change. This, this trilogy objectively. What do you think? Objectively, you think life is a better movie than Brazil? Uh, Again, I, I feel like I'm too biased to really give an authentic comparison because I, I can't tell, mm. I can't express, Brett, you know, just because you've known me for so long, <laughs> to the audience, I can't express how much Monty Python just, the best way I can say it, Brett, it's dry pussy energy. Like, there's just, there's just nothing there for me. So I don't know if I've ever heard that phrase before, really? but I know ex- I guess exactly what you I've heard big dick energy, but I've never heard dry pussy energy. Yeah, big dick energy is on one end of the scale, and not because. Listen, let me just say, there's, there's. <laughs> Do I need to cut this out, Travis? No, if you if you got a if you got a vagina, that's great. If you got a penis, that's great. I don't care about any of that. I'm just saying. On one end is arousal and one end is anti-arousal. That's what Brazil was for me. I just. So on the other side, it could be big clit and limp dick energy. There you go. Right? There you go. Just okay. Equal opportunity. It's just, <laughs> you know, when the vibe is good, let's just say that the vibe is not good with Brazil for me. Like that, that's you go out on a first date and the drinks have just come. And I'm already like, let's not worry about an appetizer. Let's just get out of here. Ooh. All right. So, yeah, I'll slightly, unless you're a big hey, Monty it's, Python it's you. fan. It's you, man. Well, no, we're in the objective now, Brett. We're in the objective. I know. That's. I still believe. You're allowed to objectively disagree with me. I just, I, I think it's interesting that you think objectively life is a better movie than Brazil. I believe that anybody listening to this who hasn't watched either movie which if you're listening to the wrap-up i i guess you just love being brett but i'm confident that sight unseen people are going to prefer life over brazil brazil is just so it's just so tedious it's just that british (laughs) yeah okay all right that's that that's your hot take and i appreciate it so that's it 
Uh, so you're, you're subjective and objective, same order. Yeah, you pick a movie. Just do the Wheel of Destiny with any movie, and I'll hate Equilibrium more than that movie. Hmm. So, I uh, this week, same for me. Uh, objective and subjective were, were the same. So I just... Equilibrium was just so uneventful that I just... I have a hard time... It's a half-cocked idea, poorly executed, mismanaged talent. I mean, just the it goes on and on what was wrong with that movie. So, Another hot take, Brett. Christian Bale, for as esteemed as he is, he was not making great choices in the early running of it, but the movie Reign of Fire, we could have... That's technically a sci-fi movie. That's science fiction world where dragons take over the world. I wish a hundred times out of a hundred times that we had picked that over Equilibrium. And that's a shitty movie. Uh, also came out in 2002, which really makes me doubt. It only makes the CGI in Equilibrium worse <laughs> because those were definitely CGI dragons. <laughs> yeah, it also makes me wonder how was Equilibrium filmed several years before it was actually released and they were just capitalizing on Christian Bale's newfound fame I, I find that hard to believe because you know sean bean again is in the movie but yeah it's just weird to sean bean was a late ad so sean bean was a late ad interesting apparently. interesting i wonder if his stuff was filmed at the tail end of filming i don't know i'm speculating not sure uh i did want to see so yeah american psycho was 2000 for christian bale he did shaft in 2000 uh captain corelli's medallion never even heard uh, of mandolin captain corelli's mandolin with yeah. nicholas cage yeah you're right i can't read all right that's why i watch movies can't read books uh yeah at this point he had done american psycho but he really hadn't like broken big um because he did the machinist in 2004 and i think that and Batman Begins in 2005, that's probably about the time he started getting big. Because even Batman Begins, like, I wouldn't have said that Christian Bale was a huge actor at that point. I think that was right about the time he was really starting to make a name for himself. Like, people knew him from American Psycho, but I don't think he was a household name yet. Yeah, American Psycho was definitely what got him bruce wayne ultimately and then of course mm -hmm. yeah there's some time between the buzz of american psycho so he's already agreed to projects like equilibrium and reign of fire which i mean reign of yeah. fire look back at that cast uh oh it's fantastic yeah, him, it's amazing mcconaughey gerard butler yeah no it's 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 fantastic well i say that it's those three um after that <laughs> not a whole lot worth talking about also but i agree Scuttlebutt. i would have loved to have done because i haven't seen rain of fire since i was yeah since it came out in theaters i went and saw that in the theaters well there you go as we said we promise the next sci-fi trilogy will be better <laughs> and we can make that guarantee because damn it we're gonna do rain of fire <laughs> <laughs> oh boy all right do you want to do character swap or do you want to do the uh, the critic in people's choice orders next? 
Uh, let me just get character swap out of the way because I, I don't. Again, I hated this fucking wow, trilogy. Okay. I don't. I don't have much, but you might find it interesting. What I would do, Brett, uh, for for those listening for the first time with a wrap up, we take a character out of one of the movies in the trilogy. We insert them into another movie, either replacing a character, ideally. That that's why it's a swap. Or sometimes I just shoehorn people into movies. But in this case, Brett. I want to take Calvin and I want to replace the quote unquote terrorists that are in Brazil. And I want to make all the shit that's going wrong. People dying. It's due to Calvin. It's a a completely different movie. Is it Brett? Is it Brett? And here's why I'll argue that it's not because in Brazil, they completely ignore the terrorists. They go to dinner, the terrorists attack. What do they do? They put up a partition so they don't have to think about what's going on. So we're going to make Calvin just a big, uh, he's a representation of global warming, Brett. Oh, okay. That's it. Wow. I didn't put any we'll more take- thought into it than that. But yeah, people will just have their family. Adam McKay. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Brett, that's what's got to go to Instagram. All right. Just you <laughs> sideswiping Adam McKay. Just, I know it's a wrap up for nothing he was involved in, but. You perfectly sideswiped Adam McKay and well-deserved. You can only play that trick one time, Adam McKay. It works in the big short. You're just you're just going to that well over and over again. Uh, but yeah, Calvin as a metaphor for global warming, insert him into Brazil. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I, you, I think you can guess who I, my character I chose. To insert into another movie? Just can you guess the character based off of the trilogy and our reviews? Who do you think I chose? Uh, Ryan Reynolds from Life. My man, Harry Tuttle. Oh, duh. Of course, De Niro, Bobby D. Yep. Yep. I, t- I took Bobby D. I took Harry Tuttle, the. Uh, the air conditioning the repair repairman man. that might be a terrorist the air conditioning repairman the yeah might be a terrorist might be a freedom fighter out of brazil and i'm putting him in equilibrium because i think his i think he's the part of equilibrium the underground that we need to see him going around and him leading the underground again didn't put much more thought into it than that um but i would have loved to have seen with equilibrium we just kind of get teased who the underground are that they've always kind of been I, I don't know what what the fuck they're doing but i think having harry tuttle as the leader of the underground or just a member of the underground that winds up meeting christian bale would be fantastic it would add maybe a little humor uh maybe not the humor you want but a little humor to equilibrium because it, equilibrium is so cheesy and shitty i think you could kind of make it into this weird b like sci-fi movie that would be far more entertaining if all of a sudden you had christian bale and tay diggs and then you also had christian bale when he started working with the underground so he's you know it's the the two partners how he interacts with the two of them well not to mention yet another sci-fi movie that we should have done instead of the three that we did uh, have you seen the movie Demolition Man with Wesley Snipes and mm. Stallone? Think about yeah. Dennis Leary's Another character. Classic. Dennis Leary yeah. is literally the leader of the underground. He was a part of the uh, the fast food franchise wars. 
So yeah, I mm-hmm. think Harry Tuttle could easily that's Harry Tuttle you're basically describing Dennis Leary in Demolition Man. <laughs> which Well just thinking It'd be fun because Christian Bale would have to try and act like he doesn't have emotions with his partner, Tay Diggs. And then when he's with Harry Tuttle, he has to actually have emotions and he can't be emotionless. So it's him caught in the middle between the two worlds. So it's kind of like him doing his Batman voice and then just being Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> where's the trigger? A fear of juicy toxin. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, very brief character swaps this week. Again, the problem is when you have movies that you just didn't enjoy, it's hard to insert anything. Harry Tuttle was the, probably the highlight of this whole trilogy for me. So without a doubt. But uh, all right, then I guess we'll go ahead and, and get into our, our little game here. So Travis, we'll start with critics. I want you to tell me, based off of Rotten Tomatoes, what you think, how you think these ranked. So from a critic standpoint, what do you think ranked the highest to what you think ranked the lowest? Uh, I think it's going to be exactly what I... Do you want me to give you numbers at all? Uh, How many people reviewed? Oh, no. That's what I mean. Do you want... Okay. No. Brazil's going to be number one. Life is going to be number two. Equilibrium is going to be number three. For critics? For critics. You are correct. Do you want to give do you want to give a shot at what you think those percentages are? I, I'm going to guess that I'm kind of on an island with hating fucking Monty Python and British humor. So I know that Brazil has a certain level of cult classic esteem to it. I'm going to account for maybe negative initial reviews. So I'll say it is 86% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. 98. Oh, my fucking God. I will tell you, it only has 50 review critic reviews. So I feel like it's only critics. And well, I don't know. Critics that liked it. Yeah. Critics gave it a 98. Yeah. No. That, okay. So right. second was life. life. Uh, it's a newer movie, so this it's going to have a lot more This one reviews. surprises me. Yeah. I, I, this I, one has 261 reviews. I have to believe it's still certified fresh. I'm going to give it 71% fresh. It is not certified. Oh. But it is fresh. Coming in at a 67%. Okay. Yeah, that seems right. And then Equilibrium. 91 reviews, critic reviews. 21%. 41. Yeah, God, I was not sure who I missed the mark this week. All right. The people. What do you think the people? Where where did they land in all of this? I'll tell you this. All right. Equilibrium has more than 250,000 reviews. Brazil has more than 100,000 reviews and Life has more than 20 or yeah, 25,000 reviews. Ooh, wow. Uh-oh. That surprises me. I, I can't believe Equilibrium yeah. has that many more reviews than Life. And Life has the fewest and it is the most recent. 
Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brazil's still going to be number one in the fan score. Actually, you know what? I'll keep the same order. Um, okay. I'll say Brazil 88%. Brazil came in at a 90. Okay, close. Okay. Uh, again, I'm assuming life is second, so I'll guess it first. I'm going to say 73%. So you're wrong. Life is life Last, is at the end. Oh. Do you want me to give you its score? Yeah, go ahead. 54%. See, I don't, I don't know... Critics are sorry. The fans not a fan of life. Uh, okay, so equilibrium is second. We know that it's going to be above life score. I'll say let's just go with a nice sixty nine percent. Eighty one. Why? Eighty-one percent of audiences love Gunkata. That's oh, you, they can't get enough of it. You want to talk about losing faith in humanity? I don't. Just watch the Matrix. Just watch the Matrix Reloaded. Just every single Matrix movie, including the one that came out on HBO last year that we reviewed, I would would one hundred percent take it over Equilibrium. It would not even be a question. Yeah, I just yeah, I just have no idea again why that many people enjoyed this movie. I mean part seven point five out of ten. This is a pretty decent execution of an immature premise. It's not though. Has the same emotional beats as Fahrenheit four fifty one with the vibes of a proto Batman trilogy. What? Because it's got Christian Bale? There is nothing about that movie other than Christian Bale that has any common thread to Batman. Zero. I'm not seeing a lot of five and four star reviews that would. Oh, God. Five stars. This was. I was paid by the film studio. No, February 21st, 2022. This is a very recent review. Christian Bale at his hottest. Absolute God. If the metaverse allows me to be with this version of him for eternity, I'm in. It's not even about the fucking movie. Yeah, and here's what I'm going to say. If you, if you want to fangirl or fanboy out about Christian Bale, American Psycho. He's a lot cooler in American Psycho. I mean, maybe you don't mm-hmm. like the thought of, you know, you fucking Christian Bale and then him cutting you up with a chainsaw, but... Hmm, Okay. Oh, boy. This is a four-star. March 3rd, 2022. Why Rotten Tomatoes slams this, I have no clue. This is a very well-done, future-world, 1984 sci-fi film with the great action of The Matrix. Batman Christian Bale is the very strong is the very strong lead actor. Good special effects and believable storyline. Don't miss the under-the-radar goodie. I you're speechless. This is an audio medium, so I know what. No, how could you compare the action in Equilibrium to the 
The Matrix. Anything. How could you compare anything in this movie to anything else? Yeah, like in, in terms of action, I'll take, you know, Tango and Cash level action over anything that Equilibrium offers. And again, The well, Matrix, I, I guess we have to state it. it. It literally changed the way action movies were made from that point on. Yeah. And and the action they're talking about, the only action in the whole f- movie is is the the final fight scene with the swords and then Gunkata with with uh, the father. Everything before, I do not consider it an action scene with Christian Bale standing in the middle of people waving his arms around. That's not an action scene. That's not choreography. That's just, I don't even know what the hell to call that. Brett, I, I want to let you know, I. I- talk to some listeners who listen to the equilibrium episode they rather enjoyed the sound that you made to mimic the gun yeah yeah that that's the action that this person is complimenting that that sound effect that brett just made with his mouth and i'm not convinced that the 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 AR work, the, the the foley work on equilibrium was not just people standing in front of the microphone going like <laughs> This, this is what it was, Travis. They did that as like a, as a mock up to show the director. Like, and these are like these are some of the sounds we're thinking about using. He goes, "No, this is perfect. Play this." And I'm like, but this we that's just our mouths. Like we we were gonna use like actual yeah, we got swords a and like so. No, 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 no. no, no, no this that sounds great. Yeah, I like that. No, that's that's exactly the way an arm would sound when it's waving around with a gun. And no, 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 no. yeah, print it. It's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I. Again, I, I'm concerned for those reviewers, especially we we are coming out of a pandemic, hopefully, and you're well, I, why am I clowning those people for reviewing Equilibrium? Because we're literally recording a podcast about Equilibrium, but at least mm-hmm. we have the sense to say it fucking sucked. Yes, it did. Alrighty. Well, I think that about Again, with three movies that we weren't particularly a fan of, it, it's kind of hard. I mean, we already ripped into life and equilibrium pretty hard in those reviews. I don't feel like restating our what we, we disliked about them. So I think we'll go ahead and kind of wrap this up, put a pretty bow on it. Travis, do you want to give any teases as to what we're doing next? Uh, I think we're, we're up in the air. Um, not the George Clooney film, which is so, tremendous. But uh, mm-hmm. I think right now we're... Great action scenes. Wait, have you, you haven't seen it then, right? Hmm? No, no, up in the air. It's it's great. There's a lot of really good action scenes in it, just like Equilibrium. Um, so we're debating. We're going back and forth on whether we review uh, 2012's Looper in, in honor of Bruce Willis, who recently retired from acting. Um, if we end up doing that episode, we can kind of get into the, the details. Uh, I have some takes, I have some opinions, uh, or we're going to review, I, I don't, I don't know why I'm giving the options, Brett, because by the time people hear this, we'll have made our decision, but we might also mm-hmm. instead review Michael Bay's latest release ambulance, uh, that technically comes out tomorrow, starting Jake Gyllenhaal and, I cannot pronounce this gentleman's name. He played uh, Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen HBO series. Yahya Abdul-Wateen, I believe. Yeah. Did you hear that they actually there was a Will Smith cameo where they were going to link it with the Bad Boys universe? They're pulling it. 
No, I know that uh, some other Michael Bay works are referenced. I did not know that bit, that tidbit though. I just made that up. I had no oh. idea. Like that'd be crazy if that. <laughs> well, no, you weren't far off, Brett, because several of his movies I've read are referenced literally in universe in ambulance. So yeah, you had me there. Good job. Optimus Prime shows up. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess. You'll see it in your feed where we land. Yes, and then following, the, so we're doing oh, a special one-off. I'm sorry, you meant. So yeah, it won't be a tr- no, 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 no. That's right. I mean, I'll, so we'll do a one-off, whatever of those two choices we wind up landing on, and then following that, leading up to May the fourth, we are doing. I guess it'll probably wind up being an annual Star Wars trilogy. Um, we're starting with the prequels, though, because the Obi-Wan Kenobi series is coming out later in May. So we thought it would make sense for us to get reacquainted with a young Obi-Wan, seeing as it takes place between the prequel and the original trilogy. So and then beyond that, we might have yeah, a special say, side project, which I think we've more, talked about. Yeah. A little more, mm-hmm. maybe a little more Star Wars content. I don't know. The shop mm-hmm. had a fire, Brett. You know, we got to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't had a chance. Our books burnt up in there, so I'm not exactly sure where the money flows at. So, yeah, I'm not convinced that maybe. But, uh, well, I was gonna make a Yoda burning the the, the tree or what? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they didn't burn the books, remember? Because yeah, at a, a random weird scene at the end, they decided to show Ray open a fucking random drawer and the books are there. Completely. God, I got into it with the, somebody the other day. Like, that's. I did not mind what Ryan Johnson. We're going to get off on a little side here, but uh, what Ryan Johnson was trying to do with Rise of Sky. Or what, are the, what was the. What was the middle one? The Last Jedi. The Force Awakens. The Last Jedi. I don't mind anything he was trying to do with trying to break the formula and doing some. My problem is, like, every step of the way, they completely, like, countered what they were trying to do between, like, Finn's whole thing was he wanted to, like, he didn't want to fight for anything more or sacrifice himself, and then Rose saves him at the end of that. And then the whole thing with burning the Jedi, like, maybe it's time to move on from the Jedi Order, they're just books, but Rey saves the books. Like, everything that they did in that movie... They wound up giving themselves like a backdoor to not have to actually do it. Like, just drove me nuts. Like, just commit to it. Commit to all of it. Yeah, you might think that uh, perhaps the studio implemented certain clauses where, hey, you can tell the story you want to tell as long as we can easily undo it. And, you know, if that's not great filmmaking, I don't know what is. Even to the point of the whole thing is about, you know, sacrifice in the next generation, which I thought, oh, this is great. This is the jumping off point where like we're we're actually Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, like, I, you know, I don't hate my father, but if I have to kill him to move on, I will. I'm like, man, they're just being he's being very forward with this. Like he's killing off the old trilogy so that we can move forward into a new era of Star Wars. This is awesome. This is cool. And then what winds up happening is, do we kill Princess Leia? Is she allowed to sacrifice herself to save the Rebellion? No, they keep her, even though at that point Carrie Fisher was dead and it would have made sense to rewrite that. Instead, no, uh, what is it? Dern's character winds up killing herself. I'm like, no, she would have been the new leader. Like, what the fuck are we doing in this movie? Well, we can't kill off all of the original cast members. What? You can't do that. And again, I know what per movie? We're, we're off on a tangent. <laughs> so if you're still here, thank you. But 
here's what I'll say. At the end of The Last Jedi, when the kid has got like the broom and he kind of displays mm-hmm. that he's got the force, that was the most hopeful I was about the direction of the Star Wars franchise, in, at least movies proper. And then at some point later, I find out before uh, Rise of Skywalker is even released that Palpatine is back and the way that that's introduced is through Fortnite. I was like, okay, well, any anything that Ryan Johnson built up that we might be able to jump off and go do mm-hmm. has been completely wiped away because this is clearly, it only exists to print money, including a Fortnite yeah. tie-in. So I think that's probably why, like you said, annually we'll do Star Wars. The sequel trilogy will undoubtedly be last. Yeah. Jesus, we might even do the side stories before we do the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I would love to do Rogue at least One. Two. I would love to do. Yeah, Rogue we one. got Rogue One and Solo story, and I'm sure there will be another, you know, one off by the time we get around to that. But good lord, yeah, yeah, Brett, I'll Ooh. watch some of the fucking cartoons, and you know how much I hate cartoons. Mm-hmm. I would prefer the cartoons over the sequel trilogy. So, yeah, it's just dog shit, mm. but. We look forward to having you back for the prequel trilogy. <laughs> Which, if nothing else, I, 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 no spoilers here. I can 100% admit that the prequel trilogies are elevated in my mind because I saw the sequel trilogy. Hopefully, when I go back and actually watch them, that remains true. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alrighty. Well, thank y'all for joining us for a wrap up. Uh, hopefully we'll see you back for whatever fate decides on our our special edition one-off before we get into the, the Star Wars trilogy. Any final words, Travis? Or... Uh, you can't even think of a quote from any of the movies we watched, can you? No, I can think of, you know... How about one, how about one for a movie we should have done? Do it, Kappa!